One summer I was lost, literally, in Germany. And God just said, turn around. He took care of the rest. I'm Michael Rett, and this is Authentic Christianity. Thank you all so much for joining me today on this episode of Authentic Christianity. Please like this podcast, go to Spotify, like it, follow me there, share it with all your friends. I appreciate it very, very much. We can get this podcast out, listen to as many people as possible. Take care. Hello, friends and acquaintances and everybody else. So this story, we go back 23 years. Uh, to 1999, no, 1998, so 24 years, when I was about 20, a junior in college. I had just finished my junior year in college at Muhlenberg College in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Great education. I miss it regularly. I miss my friends. Just the the freedom that was there and, and whatnot. It was a lot of fun. Anyway. I was in a class called Intercultural Communication, and I was not doing well. I think I had, I had failed two assignments, so I knew I needed to do really well in my final. So I really crushed the final. I wrote this paper on the BBC, the British Broadcasting uh, Corporation, right? That is it, right? The BBC. Um, been around for a long, long time, of course. And, um, so I I did an analysis of the BBC and a couple other news channels in Great Britain, handed it in my, my professor, Dr. John Sullivan, uh, excellent researcher said really good, uh, you know, really, really good. I got an A plus on the paper. I got a B plus for the class. Um, you should submit this paper to this conference in Germany, the International Association of Media and Communication Research. Um, so I said, sure. So I submitted it, and it got accepted. So I was off to Germany. Incidentally, the BBC was vital in helping the Allies in World War II. Uh, there were people in Germany um, Vert stories or any of the Nazi occupied territory that would um, turn on the BBC very, very softly so no one would hear to find out what the allies, allies were doing so that they could hopefully be freed from you know the Nazi terror. And that's what you get from any big government system, whether it's Nazism, socialism, communism, fascism. You know, people like to think, and I know I'm going a little off tangent, but um, Nazism is far right wing. It, it's really not. Um, the alt right, it's different. See, Nazism is right wing. You have to you have to look at it from a European perspective. Nazism, like fascism, is right wing. It's right of communism. If you're to look at a spectrum and you go all the way to the right, that's no government. That's where you have your libertarians and extreme right wing would be really anarchy, 
no government at all. Extreme left wing is complete government control, tyranny. And communism is the farthest left because communism, they take your property, they take your business. And Nazism, it's a little bit more to the right because people still have private property. There are still businesses, although they're kind of picked by the state, by state control. So um, any kind of form of that government, they all really fall under the ban of a socialistic government where you have uh, such little freedoms um, and really no freedoms. So anyway, I go, um, so the BBC has been very important throughout history. So I go to Germany, summer 98, uh, to present this paper. And it's, it was kind of fun. It was kind of fun. It was a lot of fun. I meet, um, people from all over the world, literally all over the world. And, you know, I was hanging with this, there's this person from Greece, the Netherlands, um, Americans too. I'm trying to remember this girl from uh, Italy. Um, I can't even recall. And I'm walking next to this one professor, this older guy. (laughs) And it was kind of scary because, you know, I don't speak German and, you know, I'm this 20 year old kid in like a foreign country. I was like, oh, yes, I'm doing, uh, I did my paper on, like, the BBC. He's like, oh, so I'm, I, I don't know what accent, I don't remember where you're from. He's like, so I'm sure you're familiar with uh, so-and-so's work. And I'm like, I have no idea, dude. I'm an undergraduate. <laughs> so it's pretty impressive that, you see, I was an undergraduate, and God was setting the stage for what I'm doing now, the research I'm doing now. Having completed my PhD now, I can be officially Dr. Michael Rett, and, um, it's cool how God set things up even for like, you know, 15, 20 years later. So, and I did the, this isn't even about the conference I was at or about, you know, after I was done with the conference, I went to like Spain and Switzerland and France. Um, it's about, I was in, so this is a Sunday. I remember specifically because the train schedule and not speaking English. And um, a lot of people there didn't speak English. Um, the older people in, cause Leipzig, that's the name of the city where the conference was. It was in former Eastern Germany, which was occupied by Russia following World War II, and we entered the Cold War. So East Germany, and, and it was pretty incredible. Like there was a church I visited in Leipzig, and the, that church had hit out a lot of Jews and kept them from the Nazis, which was a really cool story. Um, I spoke with, through an interpreter, um, the pastor at this one church. And I remember that the guy who interpreted for me, he was German. His name was Dietmar. And, um, he was like, Oh, American. You know, he's, there was like a, I had never drank before, but I had like a sip of beer of German beer. He was like, and I was like, Oh, I don't like this at all. And he's like, Oh, Americans, you prefer like a Bud Light. <laughs> and, uh, he was a really tall guy. He's, and he, it was interesting. He even said, he had been in America. He was staying with an American family and brought a bottle of wine. And I guess they're a very f- kind of fundamental Christian family. And they, they kind of like looked at him cross-eyed and he was just bringing it as a gift, which, um, anyway, so it was a Sunday and being in former Eastern Germany, there's, there's a lot of history, obviously. I mean, there was a concentration camp about an hour away via train called Buchenwald. And it was close to the city of Weimar. 
Weimar was named, uh, it was a very artistic city. There's a lot of history there with the Weimar Republic and a lot of theater there as well. And there was one year where it was named, I'm, I'm not going to get this, it was named like the artistic something city of um, the year or something like that. So I actually did see, I went, I took the train uh, right there because it was a direct shot from Leipzig there. And I walked around for a few hours, beautiful architecture. I saw some street theater, which was very cool. And then I heard, I knew about Buchenwald, which was a short kind of like little bus ride. It's not close, but not speaking English. And they're like, I was like, when's the train or when's the bus to, to Buchenwald? And I don't know what they're like, no, no. And I just had no idea what was going on. And I also was not very good at reading train schedules at that time. So I said, why not? I was like, well, can you walk? Oh, I missed I missed the bus. That's what it was. Not via crisscross style, but I missed it. And, but I think I misunderstood because another bus, bus passed me because I said, let me just walk. I can make it there and make it back in time for the train to get back to Leipzig. Yeah, right. So I start walking. Yeah, and the bus uh, passes me, or a bus passes me. I was mad. So I told myself that as I'm walking, if I don't get there by this time, let's just say, like, if I don't get there by like 3.30, and this is the only time in my life I ever wore a watch like permanently because I needed to be aware of the schedules and stuff. So if I, I don't get there by 3.30, I have to turn around. Or I won't get the, the train back to Leipzig. So I'm walking. Bus passes me. A couple cars. Um, 3.30 hits. I, was like, Ugh. I keep walking. I don't turn around. I keep walking. A few more minutes. Finally, I, I kind of actually even here turn around you need to turn around I kind of heard that in my head it wasn't audible um, like there was another time in my life which I'll share on a future podcast it has to do with my, my now wife I'm like alright so I turn around I start walking back a few minutes afterwards a car pulls over I understand, from what I understand, in Europe, hitchhiking, hitchhiking kind of like that. And I wasn't hitchhiking, but it's a lot more common. But either way, I was just like, you're good. I'm good. Totally safe. So I get in the car. The guy spoke pretty good English. He's like, uh, where are you coming from? I, I don't do a good German accent, and I haven't practiced it, so I don't want uh, Maybe if I pretend I'm the Red Skull. Uh, ah, Captain Rogers. Oh, so where are you coming from? I was coming from Buchenwald. That was an awful. It's <laughs> um, like, oh, oh. And I was like, but I, I didn't make it. I was going to walk there, but now I have to walk back. He's like, you didn't see it. I said, no. He's like, you have to see it. So he drives me there. This guy drives, this guy never met me, drives me there. I'm convinced this, this, guy, I, this guy was sent from God. I don't even remember his name. I don't even know if I got his name. So he drives me to Buchenwald. Um, I wouldn't. Have, I would have spent much longer there, but I walk in and oh my gosh, 
I, there was a memorial on the road where I took a picture of, but when I got to the actual camp, do you ever go into a room and you feel the tension or when a different person enters the room, you could feel this camp. You could feel the eeriness, the sadness and melancholy, the spirit, like like the the the, the melancholy spirit. I was going to say depressing, but melancholy sounds is is a much better word to, for me. So they had kind of death row, and um, you know the toilets in there, and very very small, tiny, cramped spaces. This is obviously before they were going to execute. And it wasn't just Jews. Um, it was mostly Jews, but um, gypsies, homosexuals, um, and other, let's just say, these are not my words, of course, undesirables. All people who God loved. So, <laughs> this podcast is turning into something else as well about how God views people along with just turning around because there's the turning around. Once I turned around and listened to God and it seems, it may seem minute or trivial. It's like I was just walking somewhere, but once I turned around, God's like, see, trust me, I got you. And that's what repentance is. We ask for forgiveness of our sin from God, from Jesus, from God through Jesus. That's when he gives us the Holy Spirit, gets us to heaven, who gives us a new life, full life, whole life. God, forgive me. And we ask forgiveness of each other. But we're also repenting. And what repentance means is turning around, kind of turning your back on sin, turning your back on your former life. Of course, it doesn't mean we don't still sin because we do because we're in a fallen, imperfect world. But when you turn around, God's like, see, now you're, now you're, it's not like God can intervene. God's waiting for us. God's like, now you're going to allow me in. Now I can work in you. This is why I encourage people don't keep quiet about what you're dealing with or struggling with or lies. See, the cross is the place to bring your burdens, your the weight, your baggage. Because everything was crucified there with Jesus. And when you bring it to the foot of the cross, and the cross is empty at this point because Jesus rose. When you bring it to the foot of the cross... That's the light. You bring it to the light. And darkness can't thrive in the light. When you keep things hidden, the devil works. He keeps eating away at you, eating away at it, telling you all the lies about who you are. But who you are in Jesus, if you accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, is free. So I get to the concentration camp. I was on death row. I mentioned that. I walk into the gas rooms. Where they um, 
And there were the furnaces where they burned the bodies after they were gassed. And they would trick them a lot of times saying, you're going in for a shower and they would just be killed with gas. Of the fields, I mean, large, just barren field. Like, I think it's the kind of field like, like even if you wanted to plant something, it just wouldn't grow because of all the evil there. It's like in Lord of the Rings, the two towers. This is in the book, not the film. All the, all the Yorkai that died at the Battle of Helm's Deep were buried and nothing would grow in the land they were buried. That's what it felt like. And there was one story I read about someone who escaped because the firing squad, they lined up all the people in the camp that were there. It's one group shot them. And this bullet just happened to miss this one person. No bullets hit this one person, but the person fell down with the rest of the bodies stayed there till the dead of night with these other dead bodies and then was able to escape. Um, there was also like a kind of, a museum and there was a Nazi armband. I had pictures. I, I cannot find these pictures. It's very upsetting actually that I, I don't know where they are. Um, that's a whole nother issue, but I got to, and then, then the guy drove me home or back to the train station and he actually bought me a little pamphlet on it, which is probably in with my pictures. Um, it was like, Wow. That because I listened to God and I turned around, God brought somebody, maybe an angel. There's a verse in the Bible that says we've, we've give, was it shelter to angels unaware or unaware or God was just working through this person. And because he, he knew the importance of seeing a concentration camp of seeing reality. And I think this relates, it does relate to what's th some of the, the, the things in America right now. And that's why police wear body cams and things like that now. And I'm not getting political in this, in this, but, um, so we can see the truth, see reality. We can't, you can't hide the truth. No matter what the truth is, you have to look at it and look for it. Not a cropped video but like the full video, the full picture. And because I turned around and listened to God. Now, had I kept walking with this guy, it stopped. I, I, I don't know, maybe, but that's not the point. God was teaching me something. And God was also teaching me, again, as, as I'm speaking to you now, the dignity of all people. By being created, each person has worth. And I will get political now with American politics, Republicans and Democrats, the other side has no worth. The other side is the enemy. So um, there's this one Congress, former Congresswoman Tulsi Gabbard. She said when she was first in the House of Representatives, everyone gets sworn in together, Republicans and Democrats, and then they go, go their separate ways in the Capitol building. And she was told by a senior, um, she was a Democrat, senior Democrat, um, it's not about getting along. It's about getting wins for our party. Now there are, there are bipartisan commissions. Actually, my uh, representative is part of one, Josh Gottheimer, but I don't know how effective they are. I don't, I don't. Anyway, 
when you look at another person like that, like the enemy, like Republicans do to Democrats, Democrats do to Republicans, pro-lifers, pro-choicers, instead of seeing the dignity and worth of a person just by the fact that that person is created by God. When you start to see people like that through Jesus's eyes, and I'm speaking to myself here too, because I'm thinking about people I really don't like, it changes your perspective. Now you can't see people through Jesus's eyes unless you know Jesus as Lord and Savior. And maybe this should be a prayer each day too. You come to Jesus as Lord and Savior, you say, Jesus, come into my heart. I repent, forgive me my sin, be my Savior, and then God sends the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. You know, people might think, oh, this sounds so crazy, you know, it's so magical. It's like, you know, but look at the movies we love. We love the Avengers films. We love Lord of the Rings. We love sci-fi. But we're not willing to believe that this can happen in real life. This, And I'm not saying Jesus is magical. I mean, he kind of, I mean, miracles. I think hopefully you get what I'm saying. I'm not saying he's some kind of like out there fairy woodland elf. You know, he's a real living son of God when he enters into our life via his spirit. And that's when you can see other people. And and when you see other people as Jesus sees them, then it softens you. Oh my gosh, I'm pe- preaching to myself right now. It opens your heart. This is not to enable bad behavior. Let me be clear. Or to prevent punishment for, say, a crime. But it opens your heart because God loves that person just as much as God loves you. And he loves you a lot. I feel like I can kind of go on and on. I feel like I'd just be saying the same thing because be, I'm in such awe right now as I'm talking about this and thinking about it of how much God loves us. I'm looking outside right now. It's a, it's a very beautiful morning. Um, the blue sky and you know some clouds, very clear. You know, birds and stuff. And God created all that and he created you. Say God doesn't exist takes a lot of faith. Because God does exist. The science actually shows that there is much, much, much more evidence of a creator than all of this happened randomly. Besides, if it all happened randomly, where did the random stuff come from initially? So God loves you. Jesus sent his son on the cross to die for you. And if you accept him as Lord and Savior, when you do that, you get God's gift of the Holy Spirit to live inside you, to provide peace cause, and, and, and to help you be kinder and, and peace and kindness and love. We all want peace in our lives because our lives and this world the country right now, America is so chaotic. 
it's chaotic because of sin and evil. It's not because someone's a Republican or a Democrat. It's because of sin and evil, and that's the kind of people we are out there. People that want to manipulate others and gain power and cause dissension. But even in the midst of all that, like with COVID, in the midst of the COVID storm, which was one of my previous podcasts, I encourage you to go back and listen to it. There can still be peace. And there can be salvation and hope for a future. That's Jesus came to give us hope for a future. It's in the New Testament somewhere. Sorry, I don't have it looked up. So I don't always close in prayer, but today I'm going to close in prayer. Because I feel led to. Uh, Lord God, thank you that you love us. Thank you that you sent Jesus to die for us. Thank you that you send your Holy Spirit to those who accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. Give us the eyes of, give us the courage and the faith to accept that. And then the eyes of Jesus to see people as unique, intrinsically valued individuals because you created them and you love them. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you all for joining me today. I look forward to talking to you next time. Bye. After John Cena apologizes to China for calling Taiwan a country, we take a look at integrity and see how possible it is in today's world. I'm Michael Rett, and this is Authentic Christianity. Thank you.